Welcome to our Panini. This is Saratova Best. We're in Parsha Shlach, and we're going to learn about, the concept is called Vedaitacha, um, uh, meaning I'm leaving it up to you. So uh, again, we're, we're at a time in history where we want to discuss the idea of Vedaitacha. Vedaitacha is um, decide for yourself. Decide for yourself. And and really, we see that socially, especially, everybody wants to be left to decide for themselves. Nobody wants to do what they're told to do. This is that kind of a generation. So is that a good thing or is that a not good thing? And and there are so many things that we can say about it. Once upon a time, all the information was in the hands of the heads, the people at the top, the king, the queen, the the government, and now everything has become decentralized and everybody has access to everything and everything and whatever was secret it has become declassified and so everything's out there and therefore you can know everything and you can make your own decisions. Uh, one of the reasons you couldn't make your own decisions is because they had the information and so if you wanted it you had to go to them, whoever they, they were. But now that you have the information, um, you can make decisions. So is there a source in holiness for this? So, um, excuse me. So, the, um, we're preparing actually for Kayach Sivan, and Kayach Sivan shows on the Kayach, a Kayach, right, a Kayach of Sivan, that the month of Sivan, which is the month of Matantaira, when it's all summed up, when it's all brought to um, its apex, that's on Kayach Sivan. Um, Matan Taira comes to its full Kayach. So what is that? What is the real Kayach of Matan Taira? Kayach Sivan is within three days, obviously, you know, three days of Rosh Chaydish Tammuz. Chaydish Tammuz is the fourth month. And one of the differences between the third month and the fourth month is the third month is emphasizing from above to below. Hashem gives us from above the Torah. Matan Torah. He sends down his wisdom from above down to here. That's the third month. That's its flavor. The flavor of the fourth month is we reach up and we do our Avaita. There isn't any classically there wasn't any big revelation whatsoever in the month of Tammuz. On the contrary very difficult month because of the fast day, the beginning of the destruction of the base of Migdash. And so a very dark month. The third month is very luminous. Hashem reaches down and sends us down the Tyra. Fourth month is very dark, the 17th of Thomas, base of Migdash being destroyed. Which, which pushes us to have to reach upwards. Now, on this, I'm just going to comment something. Um, we're learning currently what the Rambam says about Mashiach. And one of the things you see is the Rambam is speaking about the Gazer and Kedesh. The lion will, the, uh, the fox will lie down with the lamb or the lion will lie down with the lamb, etc. There will be the, the aggressive animals will, will be at peace with the passive animals. Meaning the aggressors will stop eating up. <laughs> We'll stop beating up on the passive ones, on the more vulnerable people. And 
truth will come out, etc. So many of these, many of these predictions, these halachic predictions by the Rambam, are being tested to the max now. Um, the fact that there there will be this, there will be peace and unity. In a sense, we've never had a greater division than before. I mean, we definitely had division among nations, but you know, you have a totally divided America, which I don't know much about American history, but since the Civil War, you didn't have this kind of division in America in such an extreme way as you do now. And you have a divided world. The, I won't go into all the details. You have a very divided world. And in terms of truth, in a place that built its foundations, America built its foundations on the ability to um, speak truth here without any censorship, that's, I think, one of the foundations of America, why the founding fathers came here to America, so that there would be freedom of speech, I guess, where they came from over there in in the in Britain, in the in the British Empire, there was some problem with that where they had freedom of religion. But basically they over here they established it so that they would be free to do as each man each man had a the ability to speak out and, and say his piece. And there's never been a time in history when America literally shut down put censorship as its top mandate where you really cannot speak out against the prevailing philosophy that they want to say, and you're just censored or shut down or worse, God forbid. So this is all, what is this? It's it's an unbelievable moment in history. This is all a situation where the luminosity you had, let's say, in America, freedom of speech and all of this, and, you know, people got along, has become become so much darker. It's like we went from the third month to the fourth month in, in world history and in American history, in the social and political situation. And the point of it is that from within the darkness of the fourth month, you reach up through the, the earthiness, the, through the dirt, and, and you break through the dirt like a, a sprout, a little teeny tiny sprout will break through the very um, strong dirt and break up into um, out in, out into the world, and you see it come above the earth. So that is the energy of the fourth month, that from the darkness we start to crave truth and unity and all of those things. We start to crave what Hashem gives you automatically in the third month of Matzah Tyre. You just stand there, you know, you say Nasa Benishma, He gives you the whole thing. But then the next month is we start to, it's not so obvious and it's not given to us in such an obvious way. And then we start to crave it of our, on our own and we start to reach up to pull it down. So that's the fourth month. And so when it comes to Kayach Sivan, you have the interface between the two. Kayach Sivan is not just a infusion of Kayach to do what Hashem says at Matantaira. But that's one thing. It's the summation of Matantaira. But there is about Hashem saying, do this, don't do that. Kayach Sivan is not only that, but it also includes the Kayach for Avaida that you do on your own without a command. Again, Kayach Sivan is also, it's a Kayach to do what Hashem tells you at Matanzaira, and it's a Kayach for you to come up with, to start to initiate, to do things that you weren't commanded to do. 
that are the kinds of things that Hashem wants you to do, but He made a decision not to command you. He made a decision to wait for you to initiate it. For that, you need a very great kayach, much greater than the kayach sum of doing the receiver of Hashem. So, let's see what it says in the Tyre in Parshat it says in the Gemara, Meshur Benu went up to receive the Torah. What did he speak? Hashem. Hashem was putting crowns on the letters. So he said, um, I will help you, I will help you, etc. He said, Va'ata Yigdal na kayach Hashem kasher dibarta. The kayach of Hashem, as, as we spoke, uh, I don't know the exact translation of the word. Yigdal na kayach Hashem, the kayach of Hashem will, will, in a way, expand, proliferate. How will the kayach of Hashem expand? I and mean, kayach of Hashem needs expansion. He needs it to grow. That, how will it grow? Through Maishr Benu himself. When? When he's not commanded by Hashem. Notice that scenario. Hashem's Kayach enhanced by Maishr Benu doing the kinds of things that Hashem wants but does not command to do. Everybody knows it's pretty silly to go to somebody and say, please send me flowers. And write on the card, wow, I really so appreciate you. It's, it's one thing to get them, but if, if you have to go to them and ask them to send you flowers and write that on the card, you know, I don't know. Not the same. You want the person to think of it themselves. So, this idea of Maishur Benu is not being, going to be commanded by Hashem, but he's going to do it of his own will. Etc. And somehow Hashem is craving that expansion that occurs through this. There's an Asinus Kayach from above, Kasher di There's There's a special Kayach for the person to do things on his own. It's one thing to be commanded, so you do what you're told. It's another thing to not be commanded and think of it on your own. So in order to understand this, we look at the Parshas of Shavuah, the Miraglim. And there's a very, there's a very potent point. Here's the Pasuk. Shlach Lecha. Parshas Shlach. Send. Of course, what's the scenario? The Jewish people come to Meishadenu. They say, we want to send spies. We're going into the land. We know that the way people do it, the way different nations do it, is when they're going to go into a land and conquer the land, they first send spies to spy, to spy out the land to find out the best way to go in and out. What's, what's the best way to conquer this land? What, which routes are safe and not safe? And every country will send their troop of spies first. They spy out the land. They come back with all the information. Then they create a military plan. And then they go in and conquer the country. 
And so the Yidden said, we want to also. Let's send spies. Of course. Meish Rabbeinu is clearly thinking, um, excuse me, I told you all that Hashem said he's going to fight the war for you. Why do you need to send spies to scout out the best ways to get in if you don't have to take care of it? I mean, Lahavdo, if you're taking taking an Uber to 184th Street in Manhattan, you don't have to take your GPS with you. That's why you're taking an Uber. He'll figure it out. You don't have to figure, you don't, and don't tell him which way to drive. That's not going to work. But if you're driving, you need your GPS. You need your ways. You need to know where to turn, how to go. If he's driving, you just sit in the back. You do other things. You say to Hillam, you, whatever you do. You're not figuring out the route. And in fact, if you try to figure out the route, he'll be upset. So, Meisher Bain is thinking, Hashem told you, you show up at the border of Eretz Yisrael with the right mindset. I will fight the war. I will get you in. You don't need a GPS. You don't need need ways to figure out the route to get in. I, it's on me, says Hashem. I'm taking care of it. And to Meisher Rabbeinu, this is probably a Pella. Did they not hear me? I said it very clearly. What are they thinking? Why are they, oh, wait, everybody, do you all have your GPS when you get into the wait, when you get into Uber? Have you not understood the definition of Uber? Why are you, make sure you take your phone with you that has ways on it. I think you haven't understood me. So they were essentially saying, we need a GPS. My sure is thinking, you don't need a GPS. You need a GPS of the soul, how to arrange your mindset. But you don't need to know which are the best routes to get in to conquer the land. That, by definition, you don't. Something's broken here. So this is a tremendous um, test, Messiah, for my sure And so, of course, we know. He asks Hashem, Hashem, what should I do? I mean... We're in this really strange situation. You told me, I told them. They obviously aren't getting it. They're just not internalizing what I told them. So, of course, we know the famous answer. When Maish Rabbeinu asked what to do, Hashem said, Shlach Lecha. Ledaitacha. Shlach Lecha. You send. And Rashi says, what does that mean? Ledaitacha. According to what you understand. Ani eni mitzavalacha. I'm not commanding you. If you want, send them. That's a lot of stuff. In those words is a lot of stuff. Is a revolution. Is a revolution for our time. Um, so, again, so what, 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 what's the revolution? So, until now, the relationship between Hashem and Maishu Rabbeinu was Hashem would command and even things that had to come with uh, his iris from the, the Yidden, Maishu Rabbeinu would go to Hashem and ask, okay, what do I do? And so to speak, ask for advice. 
and Hashem would tell him what to do. There would be an answer. For instance, Pesach Sheni. What do I do about Pesach Sheni? Some people couldn't bring the carbon at the time of Pesach. What do I do? Hashem answers. There will be something called Pesach Sheni. Carbonus of the Nesim. What do I do? Hashem said. Tetra. Now it comes to this. Meisher Bain was used to this system. You're not sure? You ask Hashem. Hashem answers you. You are Meisher Bain. Perfect. And all of a sudden, everything changes on a dime. And this is a really crucial moment. We're about to leave the Midbar, the desert, and go into a real life down here in this world, living in a place where you have to plow and you, you, it's not, you're, you're, you're going to be leaving the miraculous realm and go down into a natural realm in the world of nature, Teva. You're asking Hashem what to do now. You really need because now we're really stepping into very tricky territory. And Maishu may not ask Hashem, and Hashem says, You figure it out. If you want, send them. Send the spies. Hashem, should I send spies? If you want. This is totally out of the box. As it said here, as the Rebbe says, What in the... Oh, my goodness. And that, and obviously, it was it had to arouse in Meishavinu the thought that something here has changed in the whole system. Something here has changed. Hashem has changed his entire attitude towards me, towards us, towards it, towards our mission, everything. That's a, that's a big change. That's a big, you know, point. And then, here's the question. So what does Maishu Rabbeinu decide? He decides to send the spies. Hmm. Well, now you know everything's changed. So with what information do you make that decision to send the spies? Which is clearly a very deeply calculated decision. What is going through my Shireen's head, his mind, that he says, oh my goodness, well, from now, now I have to decide? I think it's best to send them. A minute before, my Shireen was thinking, I don't get it. Why would they want spies? Hashem is fighting for us. Why? What am I going to do? Tell them, yes, everybody, everybody make sure you, you, you go out and buy a GPS? No. You would think Meishur Bain is going to say, remember I told you, which part have I told you you don't need to buy a GPS did you not hear it? Which part? You don't need to buy a GPS. Wouldn't you think that Meishur Bain would say, I understand maybe I didn't say it in the right words, I'm going to say it again, I have my life coach here on the side, who knows how to kind of coach you into hearing me, open your ears and your hearts to hear me and understand me, I'm telling you, you don't need GPSs. Okay. So, and by the, and, and there is no need to send Miraglis. There's no need for GPSs. Because Hashem said, I told you it's a good land. You go right now. I'll do it. If you send Miraglis, 
it's going to make it seem like maybe Hashem isn't going to fight the battle for us, and maybe it's not going to be what we were promised. Well, why would you want to do that? We know for certainty the outcome, how it's going to be. So why do we want to leave room to make it seem like, well, I don't know, maybe we will get to the border of Israel and Hashem won't do anything for us. You know, it was a very dark moment. And the decision opens up. Watch this. The decision opens up the possibility of really increased darkness. Exactly like the moment we're in in history now. Where we have the appearance. We know we're going into Yemaisa Mashiach. And the Nasi Hagar is, is taking us there. And Mashiach Tidkenu is, is, is running the world. Hashem and Mashiach Tidkenu are running the world. And we know that. Behind the scenes. We know that. And all of a sudden, Purim, Tush and Pei, begin, begins an era in which it looks like everything is going backwards. It becomes very dark, very confusing. It looks like the whole plan, you know, going to Yemaisa Mashiach and the Geula unfolding and all that stuff. seems like everything is just works. It's all being unraveled and undone, God forbid. It was very dark. The the fire seems to be falling, coming down on the wrong side of the Mizbeach. Really scary things happening, and etc. Very very dark. Just just like that at that time. If he sends the spies, the Miraglans, oh boy, it's going to be a big confusion. It'll be it'll be a confusion like Purim Tashin Pei. When the whole world was plunged into a certain kind of confusion and darkness. So, and, and, and an even greater, something else we can't understand. We know that Maish Rebbeinu is very careful not to create anything that could be negative. Meshur Benu called Hoshea Ben Nun, and he said, I'm going to now call you, you will be called Yeshua. Why? I'm going to give you a bracha. You are going to go with the Meraglim, the spies. May Hashem protect you against their ideas. Mm-mm. Well then, we know that Meshur Benu realizes that it's going to go sour. But he's sending them. He could not send them. He could just decide to not send them, and then it won't go sour. Maybe. But he knows that it's going to go sour. And he's saying, Yeshua, and benching you that you shouldn't be affected by their thinking. Uh, and the fact is, who were these Nassim? Who were these Meraglim? They were the heads of the tribe. Kol Nasi Bahem. Kulam Anashim Rashi B'nei Yisraelim. They were the cream of the crop. Heads of the, the nation. Kol Anashim Shibimiko Lashon Chashibit. They were important people. They were to completely at that moment when they were appointed kosher. Right mindset. They could have remained that way. Although, Maishur Benu suspected greatly that they might 
get messed up, deviate, and therefore that Yahshua would be protected for, with this bracha. So Maishar Benu was afraid of the advice of the Muraslim, he knew, and to such an extent that he had to give this bracha to Yahshua and, and change his name. It was a name changer. So this were you. You know what's going to happen, and you know how serious it is, and you know that the whole future of Am Yisrael and the future of world history will be determined by this. It's such a simple question. Why in the world will you choose to send these spies to Eretz Yisrael? That one doesn't make any sense. And then we have even more one, one more question. The Haftaira. Fast forward 40 years. Yeshua. He was saved from the advice of the Moroccan. He came out with the proper mindset. He came back with the prior, proper man, mindset. He and Kalev. Because he, because Maishra Benu Davin for him. And Yeshua saw the mess that was created from the Moroccan completely going off off the earth. And, and Yeshua saw that the whole generation that was destined to go to Eretz Yisrael did not because of these ten leaders who completely went off. Now it's 40 years later. And it's interesting because they went into Israel, they wandered around, they toured the land for 40 days. For 40 years, they wandered around, correspond to those 40 days that they were there collecting a bad mindset. And after all this, 40 years later, what does Yeshua do? He also sends spies. Oh boy. Now the plot thickens. Now it's really confusing. Don't worry, we'll come up with the answer in a minute. Um, as it says, and so actually, how many spies? Yeshua was one of 12 spies. 40 years later, he sent two spies. There are a lot of differences. They weren't sent um, because of a command. Um, and Maishar Benu, with Maishar Benu, he thought it up on his own. And Yeshua also, looking back 40 years before and saying, hmm, there was a big mistake made then. So here's the, here's the answer. You know, so Maishar Benu sending spies. Why? Yeshua, 40 years later, is sending spies. Why? The whole plot thickens so tremendously. So we're going to do a little, <clears throat> a little piece here. There's so much here. Okay. So these words, Maishar Benu is told, send for you. You figure it out, Maishar Benu, says Hashem. I, I am not commanding you. This was something brand new. There are things that Hashem wants that 
we should do without a command. What are the words that empower us to do that? Ani, eni, etzavalacha. I, Hashem, am not commanding you. That infuses us with the kayak to do things without a command. Hashem knows what He wants from us. He implants within us the tools to do all of that. He's hoping that we will pick the right, make the right decisions. Okay? But at the same time, he refuses to command to us. It's a certain kind of a frequency in which we're doing it, but not by command. Because the avaita of a person is divided into two. One way is you fulfill the commandments of Hashem. What does that mean? What do you have to do to fulfill the commandments of Hashem? Bring about bittle in your das and your rasen. What you know, what you understand, and what you want. Give it up. Just do what Hashem wants. Think what He wants you to think. Do what He wants you to do. But nullify your will to His will. That's one way. Then there's another way. Really, there are two ways here. That the person works and works and works. To work on himself so that his das and his will should fit the same as Hashem. Think up your das and your will with Hashem. The first one is what you think and what you want. Who cares? Give it up. Give it up for God. His is better than yours. Give it up. Give up yours. Why did he give you a will and a, a mind? I don't know. Give it up for God. Whatever Hashem says, just do. Whatever he tells you to think, think it. That's one way. Some people think that's all of Yiddishkeit. The other way is, you work and work and work to sync up your das and your will with Hashem. Um, and in what things? In the things that Hashem doesn't directly command you to do. So, which one needs a stronger infusion of kaya? Follow the command, follow the plan, follow the plan. Or, ledaitcha. Ledaitcha means you figure it out and let it come from you. The daitacha also means the das and the will of a person syncs up with Hashem's das and will. For that, you need a strong kayak from above. It's called the kayak of free choice. You are given free choice. That comes from a very high place. To be a yid to get that free choice, and it's a it's a basis of the Torah. Okay, so this idea of choice is emphasized in things that kind of depend on your figuring it out. For instance, if you want, you're given the, the ability. If you want to make a mistake and do the wrong thing. You're given the free choice to do the wrong thing. But the etim yedia, the knowledge that Hashem commands us, that sort of, uh, what's the word, pushes us? No, more than that. Tips the scale. The fact that Hashem commands us, our soul hears that command and says, yes, 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 yes. So it's already a, uh, an, a biased decision. It's already weighted in the favor of wanting to do it. Because your soul is screaming, yes, do it, do it, do it. Your soul finally feels like, oh my goodness, fresh air. 
I want to do what Hashem wants. So it's sort of obligating you to do what Hashem wants. <coughs> so that, when it comes to a mitzvah, that is, in a sense, it's a very delicate idea. You sort of, your, your soul really wants to do it. When Hashem says, do this mitzvah, although we do, it says we have free choice in mitzvah. But imagine this, things that Hashem doesn't explicitly command. There you really have the mila of free choice. It, it, it's really, it's a subtle point, but it's really, um, you're not even being commanded from above. So there's nothing tipping the scale. The Nesinus Kayach for this is very strong. Infusion of, of Kayach from Hashem. For, in other words, for Hashem, put it this way. For Hashem to not command you, Hashem is a commander, right? He's the commander-in-chief. Hey, what do you think a commander-in-chief does? He gives out commands. You know what it must take to be the commander-in-chief and just stand back and not command? You ever try it with people? You know where you want to get them in life, even at that moment. And you just have to, you know, what's it called, the pregnant pause. You say nothing. You just you just have to stand back and let them go through the process. It's so hard. It's so hard. Right today, I, you know, I asked someone in my family, there's someone who has to do some work in our house, and he's he's playing games as the work people do sometimes and that's why it's stressful and the question was you know it's after the holiday after memorial day so do i text the person and say would you know would you would you mind please just coming and completing the the work in the bathroom today should i do that or should i just leave it and wait till he's like, wait, why aren't they calling me? I want to finish the bathroom. And it was, it's a hard decision. We decided we're just going to not reach out to him and see what happens. <laughs> because we need to arouse in him a desire to do the work. Otherwise, he's like, you know, I'm very busy. You know, you think you're the only people in the whole world. <laughs> this whole attitude. <laughs> you know, and then you have to beg him. Then he asks for more money. And, you know, it's a whole thing. So. So this was, okay, you know, one day he works, one day he drinks beer, and another day he works, and two days he drinks beer. So, uh, no begging, that's it. Let him decide on his own, hey, they didn't call me. Like, I, I want I want to do the job and get paid. You know, let me reach out to them. Like, am I still, did you still, you know, did you get somebody else? So it's very difficult to do that, to stand back. You know what you want, and you want to say, just do it. And it takes much more effort to stand back as the commander-in-chief. And it's your house. You're paying. You should be able to say, just be there today at 2 o'clock. Be there at 11 a.m. and do it. It's much harder as the commander-in-chief to stand back and say nothing and give no command. So, <laughs> my bathroom construction situation. Hashem has to do that. He gives the possibility. He stands back. He's I'm not commanding. You decide. If you want to, you send. Don't ask me to give you a command. I'm not going to. 
At this moment in history, Hashem is saying to Maish Rabbeinu, we have just entered a new era. I'm not going to command. There are many reasons why I'm not going to command. It's a pivotal moment. We're about to transition from, we spent a couple of hundred years in slavery, born as a nation, a couple of hundred years in slavery, and we're born as a nation, and we come out and we're wandering in the, in the, in the desert, in the Midbar. We're going to do 40 years. And then we're going to go into Eretz Yisrael. Actually, it was, at that point, this was only a few weeks into the journey. It didn't have to be 40 years. But we've come out of slavery, and so far we've been in a, in a miraculous phase. And we received the Tyra, and I guess it was on the 29th of Sivan, the day after Kyle Sivan, I think that the Miraglim were sent out. Which, oh, which probably means that Kaya Sivan is the day that this interaction probably happened. And um, Kaya Sivan is also the day that the Rebbe came to America from war-torn Europe, from the giant yeshiva of Europe to a barren wasteland of America. Each time, this Kaya Sivan is a pivotal moment in history. Massive transition, massive change is about to happen for the Jewish people. So at that moment, Hashem says, in this massive transition, this change, I'm standing back. I have many reasons why I'm standing back. I will not command you. This has to come from you. I gave you enough input for all these years that you know what to choose. I cannot command you. I will not command you. For me to not command you, for me to infuse you with the ability to pull out of yourself the right decision takes much more from me than for me to just tell you. It's easier for me to just tell you. Do it. For me to stand back and infuse you infuse you with the kayak to be able to make the right decision that takes it. I have to give you kayak in a way higher place. Because effectively what I'm doing is I'm giving you the ability to be ke'echad mimenus. With one with me, says Hashem. And to choose in one of two ways. Either the right way or the wrong way. Either the holy way or the not holy. The right decision or the wrong decision. I'm giving you the ability to make that decision from a very high place. So the Chiddush, so what's really happening here is Besides everything, Hashem is standing back and it's a pivotal moment in history and Hashem says, I'm not going to command you. All this is happening. But it's all, you know, like they say, you know, 10 years of planning a virus to send out a virus from China and all this other stuff and, and all this stuff and like sending a virus that came from China and all for the purpose of certain decisions from the government. <laughs> It was all planned for this. It's not like, oh, because it happened. No, no, it was all very well planned for this thing, for a certain decision from the government to go in a certain direction. So so um, here's the thing. All of this, this whole scenario is all planned by Hashem so that this Chiddush of Ledaitacha should come out. The Chiddush and the Pella that Hashem is now empowering us 
to be leaders who make leadership decisions, holy leadership decisions, as if we're Hashem himself. These are decisions that Hashem is supposed to make. He's telling us to make decisions instead of him. But am I Hashem? Am I God? You're asking me. I'm not God. God, you're the one. We're asking you, should we go and send spies or not? God says, you decide. Wait, this is a godly decision. I'm a person. I can't make godly decisions. God has to make godly decisions. You're the boss. Hashem says, no, now I'm going to make you the boss. So the Chiddush and the Pella of this, Hashem is saying, I am now making you the boss. You'll do fine, don't worry. I'm infusing you with very, very lofty kachas. The chiddush in the Pella is emphasized even more in things that we're not commanded to do. And then there's one more point here. And then maybe we'll sum this up and then continue in another recording. This kayach to choose good. So now Hashem is saying, you know, you're going to be making the decision, the godly decision. You actually are, you can go either way. Right? And we see today in the world, not today in Tavshim Payalos, so much is being given into our hands and so much power is being given to creepy people. <laughs> you know? Creepy people who aren't make, are making horrifically horrible decisions unethical, unholy, etc. And they're being given more and more power from above. Isn't that strange? And they can choose the right way or the wrong way. Right now we seem to be in a moment where they're choosing the wrong way. All of this is pre-planned from Hashem. So this Nesimus Kayach, to choose good, Uvachar to Bechayim, the Iker Chidish, is that the person can choose good against his own nature. That's, right, you could, um, let's say your nature is, I want to say, I actually want to do what feels good for me. I don't really feel like I have a piece of bread and, I, you know, I have I have a brownie. I want to eat it. I don't feel like giving the brownie to somebody else. I want to eat the brownie. The ability to choose, I'll give the brownie to somebody else, which the Free of the Grebbe says, we never do this by force. You cannot force somebody to give away a brownie. It's a nice, it's a, it's a very special thing to do. You can encourage them to do it. You cannot, we do not force people to give up taking care of themselves in order to take care of somebody else. You can't force somebody. Give up your room so somebody else can sleep. Need a place to sleep. Give up your room. They can choose to. You can't force somebody. You have to give up your room so somebody else can sleep there. You can, but it'll come back to you. You want to teach people to want to give up for somebody else. But that's what the Vedic Rebbe says. We do not force we do not create Midas through coercion or guilt. So, 
the Ikra Kiddush that a person can choose something good, which isn't his nature. I want the brownie. That's my nature. I don't want to give it away. The fact that I can choose to give it away, it's against my nature. That's not about things that you have a command on. When Hashem commands you, give up the brownie. If Hashem tells you you have to give up the brownie, so you have to give it up. Because that's coming with the infinite kayach of the commander. So you're going to give it up. You're going to resist Hashem. He tells you to give the brownie, you'll have to do it. That's not where the real chiddush is. The chiddush is in things in which I decide from my own da, where I'm not commanded by Hashem. That's that's from a place of limitation. My own das, my own taivas come from a place of limitation. I want the brownie. I don't know. Hashem is not commanding me to give up the brownie. I'm saying in this case, we're not talking about brownies. Talking about do we, do we send spies there or just follow not? But in this, we have the ability to choose good. In a way that our das and our will We'll sync up with Hashem. Okay, so let's sum this whole part up. Um, okay, all right. So um, when Hashem said to Meishur Ben Ishlach Lecha Ladeitcha Ani Ein in the Sabalcha, send according to what you think. I will not command you if you want then. It's not that Maish Rabbeinu um, didn't suspect, you know, what's going on here? Other Abba. Maish Rabbeinu was happy. There was something brand new happening for the Jewish people, a turning point in history. There was a Chiddush. It involved a lot of Increased darkness. We have to figure it out. Hashem will not command us. Life will not be clear. Like today. Like the time we're in now. Everything is it's confu- excuse me, it's confusing. It's all of that. But it's all for the purpose of the Chiddush. That we become empowered. And Maishra Benu rejoiced over this new era. That our avida that comes from us from within the earthiness can be in a way of total free choice. Serious? Why does that sound like free choice? Seriously? You're going to give people down here who have no idea what's flying and they're sunk into a world that's a very messy world. You're going to give them free choice? Not a 50% chance they're going to choose all the wrong things like we see in the world today. And Maishra Beda said, yes! I like it. But there's no command from Hashem from above, and it has to come from the das of the person, and Maishra Bainu said, yes, that's what I want. This is an exciting moment in history. And the same thing, every time we learn this sikha, we understand this is an exciting moment in history. Because in order to be empowered to make those decisions without a command, you have to sync yourself up with Hashem himself, with the commander, you become a commander. You are able to go deep within yourself 
and find that leadership commander place in yourself that's deep and wise and capable and righteous. So Meisher Bain said that the Jewish people should find the place in themselves where they're deep and wise and capable and righteous and holy. Yes, 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 yes. On the other hand, wow, it's an expensive price to pay. Do you understand all the net results, all the messy stuff that will come along with it? Yeah. But the end result is what we want. That's what my Rabbeinu was saying. We're in literally the same situation now. We're being empowered. Everybody has an opinion and everybody can decide and everybody has access to the information and everything's declassified and everybody can be a leader and everybody's a big macher and all of that. And somehow that's good. Hashem and Maishra Beno are behind the scenes, infusing everybody, you know, drip, 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 you know, drip feed, you know, the intravenous, the drip feed, we're being drip feed, each one, each person by Hashem, exactly how much you need, when, where, how, in what, what you need. So you're really, in a way, you're doing it on your own, but you're being drip fed, intravenously. So that you can come up with the right decisions. And the end of the game is, the end of the whole story is, and they all live happily ever after. The Shia comes in, it all comes together. That's the truth. So let's just stop for a couple more minutes before we end this. And look at these words. I am not commanding you. Um, that's awfully negative. What, what, I'm not commanding you. And Rashi says, yeah. That's what Hashem is saying. I'm not commanding you. Why is Rashi telling us this? Because it's actually a command. Really? That's a command? I'm not I'm not telling you what to do. That's a command? Rashi says, yeah, yeah. You don't see that it's a command? It's the type of command in which you're being commanded to do it on your own. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm not commanding you means I command you to figure it out yourself. It is a command. Hashem is not telling us what to do. I am commanding you to go deeply into yourself, into your das and into your soul, and come up with a deep answer from deep within your core and your essence. That's a command. It's just an unspoken command. And there's one other way. I'm not commanding you shows on, that we're giving, being given the, the possibility to be one with Hashem. When Hashem saying, I'm not commanding you, He's saying, by the way, simultaneously, in order to not command you, what I need to do is make, sync you up with me so that you have the same kind of leadership and wisdom, etc., that I do to choose the right way. I am, so to speak, giving up my ownership, my 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 command over you. The mouth that said, "No, the the very same mouth that said no says yes, says you, you you're forbidden, says you can. It is a command. It's a different kind of command. I'm commanding you to go deep with it in yourself. The words Mitzvah is there. <clears throat> I'm giving the choice over to you. 
I'm commanding you to start living on the level of let it come from your own wisdom. That explains how the Miragrim could mess up. Remember, that's the downside of it all. That is the risk. And, and they did mess up, officially, for a short time, 40 years, so to speak. But we'll see in a second. <clears throat> Because it was done in the way of Ladaitacha. And Hashem said, I want to start the era of Ladaitacha. That you do it of your own doubt. And Maishrabina said, yes. And then in Tashin and Aleph, on Kayach Nisan, when the Rebbe said, I'm giving it over to you, that's the next phase of Ladaitacha. And that was, it was scary, as the other one was. But it was the beginning of an unbelievable era in which the whole world, you see, since Kayaknis in 1991, every Shlomagel in the world, Jewish, Lavdol, not Jewish, they have an opinion and they think they're a Gansa leader and they, you know, don't tell me what to do and all this other stuff. And there is something there. It's, it's a very, it's a very costly infusion of Kayak to people, but people have to be empowered. So Hashem decided. And Hashem seems to not be afraid of the risk. For instance, I'm going to give you a good example. Like we have a guy, we're not going to say his name on this recording, <clears throat> he has billions of dollars and he's making very bad decisions. He's the, the major globalist in the world today, or at least the one, we don't know who the people are behind the scenes, but he and his, the guy who's getting the divorce now, we won't say his name, major globalist, horrible anti-Torah philosophy of and, and, and plans to put his philosophy into into action in the world because he has so much money he can do it. Hashem says, okay, now we start the beginning of the end. A little fly in the ointment. His wife decided she's leaving. The whole thing is going to start to unravel. I mean, Mr. Hashem. But Hashem didn't have to give him so much money because of all his money, billions. What did he do already? Such a brilliant guy. Not such whatever it is. Hashem gave him billions of dollars so that he can carry out his evil plan. Who decided Hashem? Very strange. Did Hashem give him the ability to mess up? Oh, absolutely. To make all the wrong decisions. Absolutely. And Hashem is not afraid. Because Hashem is behind the whole thing. So we see that idea that, in, you know, if you, I'm not commanding you, if you want, you do this. People are being given the resources even to make bad decisions, terrible decisions. Hashem is giving them the resources. He's not afraid. There's a master plan to the whole thing. So how is it that the Miraglim Lahab, so they're not so great, they're Miraglim, Yidn. They were the Nisim of the Yidn. How could they make such a big mistake? How could great, how could leaders of Am Yisrael in today's day and age Come up with decisions that uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand the dangers in these decisions. How is that possible? Hashem made it possible. Block, block the vision so that these crazy, insane decisions could be made and there's no visibility on the part of the people making those decisions. 
So um, when when the when the again it was a pivotal moment in history, and Hashem is saying, "Don't worry, we need to do this, but it's all going to come together." So when the Moravim were sent, it was a preparation for conquering Eretz Yisrael. That's the whole kavanah coming out of Mitzrayim, receiving the Torah, dir b'tachtaynim, making Eretz Canaan into Eretz Yisrael, and then the whole world becomes Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Kodesh. Yiddish alone. To do that, you have to conquer the land. In a way that it has some kind of conquering a land means you're going to live in a world, a real world where there are tables and chairs and pots and pans and all that stuff. So when you're going to create such a a dear and you're going to Go into such a land. You're not in the in the desert. Nobody had pots and pans in the midbar. You ate mum. You didn't cook it. You go into Eretz Yisrael. You're going to have to have pots and pans and cutlery and dishwashers and there are sinks, two sinks, and you know all that stuff. So to do it, when you're going to conquer this land of Eretz Canaan and make it into Eretz Yisrael, there has to be some little connection to the laws of nature. How? So they said, through war. So they said, so we'll send spies. All the nations do that. They have to do a war, so they send spies to know what are the best ways to go in, what what roads should we avoid, what roads should we use. And then we'll go back and we'll tell everybody or we'll tell the those in charge making military decisions and they'll know what to do. Seems so normal. Because the pa'ula of the Tafton, when you're, I mean, why, why, why this idea to send spies? It's the normal way to do it. You're going into a, a land, a, a land with the laws of nature. So use the laws of nature. So that, this is a very subtle thought and we're, we're going to pull it together with all of this. If you're dealing with a land, with the laws of nature, then it has to come through, the decisions have to come through you who live in the world of nature. It can't come from Hashem. Hashem is up there in the spiritual world. It has to come from those who live down here in the physical world. So it's, Ani, I am not commanding you. Hashem says, I'm up in the heavens, so to speak. You're down in the, you're down on the street. You're in the, you're in the hood. You're part of the, you're in the hood. You're hanging out in Home Depot. You're the ones who have to make the decisions. It has to come from the das and the rasan of the person. And so the sending of Maraglam has to be not from above. Not from above. From below, from the people down here who are in, in this place. On the street. Uh, on the scene. It has to be in a way of, officially it's called the Daitacha. But what was the mistake of the Maraglam? In other words, in a way, they had to be sent. Maishra Bainu said, we need to do it by the people, of the people, from the people, through the people, because it's a people thing. People will be living in that land, in a natural land, so we have to do it the natural way. Well, let's send them. It was supposed to work. The Maraglam messed up. And here's a very subtle thought. They thought that the Indian of Ladaitacha, Saris Leos, 
They thought that when Moshe Rabbeinu was told, let it come from your own mind, they thought that it meant whether we should go into Eretz Yisrael or not. Moshe Rabbeinu was kind of like, Hashem empowered me to decide whether to send you guys. Hashem did not empower you guys to decide whether we should go into Eretz Yisrael. That part was fixed. That one was a given. That one was like, there's certain, there's certain facts that are like, they're, they're locked into place. And then there are other facts that you get to play with. One fact that was locked into place is, we are going to Eretz Yisrael. Fact, check it with the fact checkers. The flexible things were, how are we going to get there? Meshur Bainu knew that. It was very clear. Facts. Check it with the fact checkers. Facts. We are going to Eretz Yisrael. It will become our new home. Facts. Question. How do we want to do it? The Marazan said, oh, so we have the question to decide whether, we, whether we're going to go into Eretz Yisrael. If they could have called Meshur Bainu on their cell phone. Imagine this. Let's, let's just pick a scenario. So, they come into Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan, and the Meraglim, ten of them say, oh my goodness, these people here are giants. They're, they're going to eat us for breakfast. This is terrifying. Look at these people. We're like little ants compared to them. They are giants. We're like little grasshoppers. This is, we will never conquer these people. You know what? It must be the, it's not going to work. Forget it. I think, let's, we can't do it. We won't be able to come into Eretz Yisrael. So then maybe, maybe one of them says, wait a minute, didn't Maishu Rabbeinu say, no, no, for sure we're going. He said, wait, you heard that? You didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Ah, come on. Okay, let's call Maishu Rabbeinu. If they could have pulled out their cell phone and called Maishu Rabbeinu and said, Maishu Rabbeinu, please, wait, is it a quest? One is saying, this guy over here is saying, maybe we shouldn't be, maybe the Jewish people don't belong in Eretz Yisrael. Is that true? And Maishu Rabbeinu would, would say, no, no, no. We are going to Eretz Yisrael. Your job is to figure out how, not if. But they didn't have a cell phone on purpose. So they couldn't call my Rabbeinu. So they spent 40 days wandering around and reinforcing each other and like, oh, no, this is never going to work. Forget it. We'll stay in the Midbar. We'll stay in the desert. We can't make, we'll never be able to live in this country. Look, at, We can't conquer these people. They're giants. Forget it. Oh, this is so depressing. Oh, my goodness. They come back. They're all depressed. They depress everybody else. Everybody's crying. Right? I think that's the day of Tishabas. Yeah, that's the day of Tishabas. The original Tishabas. I think so. That was their mistake. They made... <laughs> they thought the choice whether to was about should we live in Eretz Yisrael or not. That was that was a fixed fact. That one you don't tamper with. They didn't, they they got confused. There's probably too much 5G in the neighborhood, and they I don't want to say too many cell towers all around. And they couldn't think clearly, and they got from different medical procedures the cottage cheese brain, and they couldn't think. <laughs> That's a joke. And they couldn't think, so they got all confused, and they thought. 
Maybe we shouldn't be moving, going, trying to get into Eretz Yisrael. Cottage cheese brain. One call to Meisher Benu, but Hashem made sure they couldn't call. By the end of 40 days, they were so depressed. And they had so convinced each other, oh, it's never going to work. And I guess when Yahshua and Kalev tried to say, wait a minute, what are you guys thinking? It didn't work. It was 10 against 2. I guess. So, um, they thought whether to go into Eretz Yisrael is according to their das. That was their mistake. They weren't supposed to deviate from the shlichus of Meishu Bain. Meishu Bain said, I'm sending you guys to figure out how, 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 not if to go into Eretz Yisrael. When they made this change, everything fell apart. Now, how did they do that? And we're coming to the end here. They started off holy, kosher. They were fit, fit for the Avaita of the They were fit to make these very deep decisions on their own. And because they were given kaifas from above, Hashem helped them, but. And that but. It's true. Meshur Benu called Hashem ben Nun and he said, may Hashem protect you from the other guys, the other ten guys and their advice because it ain't going to be good. Meshur Benu knew, you know, they, 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 may go, they may end up going off, these other ten guys. So here's the question. So why didn't Meshur Benu, why did Meshur Benu only daven for Yeshua? Just Hashem, being Davin for all of the, all twelve, that they shouldn't fall into depressing and crazy thought, that they should stay uh, on the dera. But it seems that the tefillah for Yahushua is was extra, because Yahushua was such a faithful Talmud of Meishurbenu. He did not leave the tent of Meishurbenu. His, his master had to protect him. But it was faithfulness. So when he said, Meshur Benu, he prophesied, he didn't really know what he was prophesying about. It's, it's not like he knew, oh, these guys are going to mess up totally, you better be protected. He didn't know. He just gave that bracha. He didn't quite know why he's giving the bracha. That's what Rashi is implying. Then, if he had known that these ten were going to mess up, he would have done for them, or he wouldn't have sent them. He did not know. Meishu Rabbeinu didn't really know. He just intuited, intuited that he needs to give a special bracha to Yeshua, but it was very subtle intuition. He did not know that the others, other ten would mess up. So the fact that he prophesied, and he didn't know what he was prophesying on, but was about going into Eretz Yisrael through Yahshua. Because, by the way, we did end up going into Eretz Yisrael. Took a little while to get there, 40 years. Because the Avaita of Yahshua was to, yes, conquer the land. And for this Avaita of going in, and conquering, in other words, really the bracha 
was a much bigger bracha. It wasn't just you shouldn't fall in, you know, you shouldn't get messed up like the other ten guys, the ten guys. You are destined to take the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. You need this tefillah. You need a very special kayach. You shouldn't have any. You have to remain pure, 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 pure. You will be the one who takes them into Eretz Yisrael. They will not. And therefore, you need a special kayach from above and a special protection. That's Yeshua. And Maishar Bainu remained in the Midbar with his generation, Gordea, because he was above the bearer of the world. He lived, he was from a place above the world, above the living in the land of pots and pans and all that stuff. He wasn't from that world. Pots and pans and, and, and chairs and tables and all that stuff. He wasn't from that world. He was from the world of the Midbar, the miraculous world. He didn't belong in a world of pots and pans and dishes and dishwashers. And he didn't. Yeshua did. He could only give it over to Yeshua. So now we understand why Yeshua sent Marazim. He was infused with an incredible power to come up with a very deep, 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 deep inner wisdom to pull it out of himself and to lead, to be a leader with that deep, holy inner wisdom. And and that's us. We could say, maybe, that the bracha to him, Hashem save you from the guys who come up with the crazy ideas. That's us. May Hashem give you the leadership, the ability to go deep within yourself and lead, lead, lead the world in your own way, each person in their own way, in their, their own little siva. And not be dragged down by all the weirdos who get messed up. And the world is full of them. From the highest to the lowest. You know, you think, wow, don't the leaders know? I guess not. You're the leader. We live in a moment of, in history now where who's the leader who knows truth? You! Which you, whichever you happens to be hearing this. Every single Jew now has been given the, I think, my thoughts, the bracha of my being, may Hashem protect you from the bad advice of leaders who think they're right and boy, oh boy, they didn't do their research. And they're relying on, on others to tell them what to think, and the others are relying on others, and it all came from, they all made one huge mistake. And if they would just open their eyes and look at the research, it's very clear. It's black and white. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or a scholar. So Hashem said, today you're the leader. Choose the right thing. You're being infused with the kayach. To make the right decision. The scary thing. It's the beginning of the era of Ladaitacha. We're exactly 30 years after this Sicha was 
Well, actually, this is syphilis infection and test. So we're 32 years? I guess so. Hearts. Their heart is being infused with the abilities to take in this bracha of Meshurdani to you, to step into a leadership role and lead from a place of truth. And not just close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Open your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Eh, they said, they said, they said. Who's they? I don't know who they is anymore. Open your eyes. And lead. With truth. And at every single second, we have to go back to Maishra Bainu and say, fill me with the ability to make the right decisions in a way of Ladaitacha. So it's, Maishra Bainu is solid. You can count on him forever. But he's making us, he's, he's the, you know, the solid pillar. That one doesn't change. But what he's doing is he's empowering us to have a kind of power. I'm giving it over, I'm giving it over to you. Two years after this sicha, we had Kayach And that was 30 years, 30 years ago. When we're being empowered, I'm giving it over to you. Not only the job to bring Mashiach, the ability to do it. That's a moment of great rejoicing for all of Jewish history, for all of world history. The world has no idea what happened at that moment of Kayach Nissan in Tavshin in 1991 when Rebbe said, I'm giving over to you the job and the ability to bring Mashiach, meaning that includes all of the ability to make the right holy decisions to bring Mashiach. If the world knew what happened at that moment, they'd be jumping out of their shoes. But they don't. They'll look back and you might Mashiach and they'll say, ah, that was the moment when it happened. So this Sikha, which we'll finish it tomorrow because there's a whole other piece to it, has become reenacted you know, 30 years ago. I am giving it over to you. So, Yerushin, we say, Hashem, Maishrabenu, lead us, bench us, protect us against the Eta of the guys who are confused, and lead us and enable us to lead in the most powerful, powerfully, powerful and wise way the whole generation to the Gulam Yitzhak and it should be immediately now.